0: On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, Tesla details the range upgrades for the 2022 model year cars, and one Model 3 in particular gets an impressive bump. Plus, Tesla buyers stand to get a substantial tax credit if the current US government's proposed plan passes, Tesla signs a massive battery deal with a major supplier, and more. What's happening, friends? I'm Ryan McCaffrey. And to my left, as always, Daisy the Boxer, this is Ride the Lightning, your weekly Tesla unofficial podcast for November 7th, 2021. And it has been another fun week. It's a crazy busy week of Tesla news again. I am ready to roll. Uh, I actually, I probably seriously could have done two full shows this week. That's how much uh, action there's been in the world of Tesla news. I was on the East Coast briefly for a work trip that was nice to get out and again continue to get back out in the world and go see another game developer. So that was cool, uh, and it gave me it gave me time to work on the podcast on the plane a little bit, which always just controlled time, uh, just dedicated time where I'm I'm uh, confined and I've got nothing else to really do. So that worked out well. Hey, before I get started this week, I wanted to say thank you to Barry from Ireland and a bunch of other listeners. Barry was the first so I just wanted to shout him out. But a lot of listeners calling in or writing in to correct me on the hotline call, the response I gave to Peter from Vancouver last week who wanted to tilt down just one mirror in his new Model S when he shifts into reverse. It turns out all the cars can do this. And as Barry succinctly put it, when in reverse gear, go to mirrors and adjust each mirror as desired. Now hit save on your driver profile. That should remember and reinstate the reverse mirror tilt. So thank you, Barry. Thank you to everybody. As always, in all sincerity, I am always appreciative to learn something new about these cars. So thanks to my audience for educating me on that one. All right, let's get rolling with yet another busy week. As I said, some notable changes coming for the 2022 model year Teslas. Not quite the extent of last year where there was a, an actual refresh, a a bit of a design refresh on the Model 3s where they got the slightly revised wheels for the, well, actually yeah, all three, 18, 19 and 20 inch wheels were all revised. In the case of the 20s, they were just straight up changed to the Uber turbines and the we went with the black trim for 2021 rather than the chrome trim, and the center console was revised as well. Nothing quite that drastic, but just as importantly, the range. So we'll get to that in a second, but the 2022 model years are going to be counted as anything built on or after November 1st. So the month we're already in now, these cars being made now will be considered 2022 model year Teslas, and will feature the range changes that I'm about to tell you about. The biggest and most notable one, in my opinion, is the standard range plus Model 3, which first will no longer be called that. Instead, it will simply now be known as the Model 3 rear wheel drive, which certainly simplifies things, as we know that Tesla likes to do, or even really more simply just the Model 3, and then there's the Model 3 long range, or I guess technically long-range dual motor, and then there's the Model 3 performance. But the Model 3 rear-wheel drive uh, is the new terminology here, standard range plus. You know, if you think about it, it was a bit of a mouthful anyway, and that was kind of left over from when there was a standard range. There had to then be a standard range plus with the software lock and unlock and all that stuff, and you had to buy a standard range plus and then call to downgrade it to a regular standard range that's all done with and over with now just model three rear wheel drive and it is being bumped up to 272 miles of range in an lfp battery lfp in now no matter which country you buy it in if you go with the 19 inch wheels on that should you desire the look and or you know stance of the car on those 19s It'll drop you down to 267, which is still more than last year. That is a a last year on the 18s. Last year on the 18s was 263 miles, but remember, too, that that was on the nickel-based battery pack. And that would also be the 272s, an even bigger bump still over the 253-mile range LFP battery pack that Tesla snuck in a few of there at the end of Q3. I presume, I don't know for sure, but I presume that Tesla is using a slightly larger LFP battery pack in order to go from 253 LFP range to 272. Now let me pause right here. I want to talk about this for a minute. First of all, I note that technically speaking, if I got my math right, this is only a 3.4% range increase over the 2021 model. But again, when you factor in that the new cars are LFP and can be charged safely to the full 272 miles of range each day versus, say, the the high end of what you could safely charge to in the 2021 and earlier Model 3 Standard Range Plus. So 90% of 263 was 236 miles. That would be the highest end of the safe-to-charge-to daily limit. And when you compare 236 to 272, now you're talking about a pretty substantial difference. That is a real-world daily range difference of 15%, or uh, to to just put it in absolute terms, 36 miles, which is a lot that is a good number of miles. I think I read something somewhere, and I don't know how true this is anymore in the pandemic age, but the the average commute in America is 30, it was like 30 or 35 miles, which is one reason that cars like the Chevy Volt with a V as in Victor that are the, the, you know, plug-in hybrid, the electric range on that car was, I think, about 35 miles for that exact, for partially at least, for that exact reason. But anyway, so 36 miles difference there is quite a lot. Now, second here, I do want to recognize that, yes, the price of the car did just go up, uh, and it's gone up a lot this year. Uh, There's not quite as much reason to celebrate this range increase when you consider that the 263 mile nickel chemistry version of this car was 38 thousand dollars at this time last year and it's 45 yes 45 not the 44 it was last week hang on to that thought for just a minute forty five thousand dollars now so that's a big difference you're talking like 17 18 percent price difference there. Uh, one other thing too, I, I have to be honest and say that uh, there's there's a, an easy change that I'd like to see Tesla make. They're doing something now that I am not keen on, that I'm not a fan of. They now default you to the 19 inch wheels on the Model 3 design studio. You get defaulted to the long range dual motor, which it's always done that. That's fine. Okay. That's uh, you know the kind of middle car, not the standard not the performance it's the that's fine but instead of the 18 inch arrow wheels that get you the most range being the thing that was shown first by default on the design studio page they are defaulting to the 19s that have less range it's uh, in the 2022 model 334 miles of range on with the 19s versus 358 miles of range with the 18s, which is uh, just up a tad from 353 with the 18s on the 2021 model. And the thing is really here that when you get the 19s, the car costs $1,500 more. Now, would any reasonable person that's spending over $50,000 on a car notice this? I mean, there aren't a lot of choices in the design studio. You're probably going to notice... The wheel situation, you're gonna click around and go, oh, okay, these 18 inch wheels look like this, and oh, they're $1,500 cheaper, and okay. So that's, you know, I'm, I'm not, I don't wanna harp on this too much. I don't think Tesla is necessarily trying to pull the wool over people's eyes, but it does seem like Tesla is almost trying to sneak in an extra $1,500 for anyone that won't really notice or care what style wheels are on the car or know that the wheels have a price and range difference between them. Now, that being said, I absolutely appreciate now that Tesla's being really transparent about the range differences between the different wheel sizes and wheel types. I've been wanting them to do that for a long time, and now they are being very upfront about that. So kudos to Tesla there. Uh, Now... As for the Model Y, if you're curious, it goes up ever so slightly from 2021 to the 2022 model year car, from 326 miles of range to 330 on those 19-inch Gemini wheels, of course. If you want to step up to the 20-inch induction wheels, which I see a lot of around here. I mean, there are a million Model Ys in the San Francisco Bay Area, so I do get a, I, I see a bunch of them every day and Seems like a lot of people do choose the 20s, the range there, 318 miles, if you go with the induction wheels. If you have a seven-seat Model Y, or I should say if you order one for 2022, there is a very tiny penalty, which, okay, makes sense, you've got more weight in the car with these two extra seats, with or without the pa- extra passengers there, and that penalty, four miles of range. Yes, four. Four. So 326 miles of range for the seven-seater with the 19s, 314 for the seven-seater on the 20s. And just a friendly reminder while I'm on the subject here, if you weren't aware of this or you're a new listener or whatever the case may be, you cannot order the Performance Model Y in a seven-seat configuration. Now, personally, I would choose the 20s on the Model Y. Uh, I really do. I like the look of them a lot. I like that they're dark. I think they they set off the the Model Y body nicely both the style and the darker color of them. Particularly just compared to the Gemini's, those 19-inch silver Gemini wheels, but again, wheel there's it's a subjective thing. Wheel design is is subjective. The wheel range, the effect of the size and design of the wheel on on your range, that's objective, but subjectively, I like the 20s better myself. So 318 miles for those uh, 20-inch wheels on a long-range Model Y, pretty good. 318 is, is, is a nice range there. Now, there really aren't any changes on the S and the X because, well, they're already both brand new with new battery packs, new 18650 cell chemistries. And as you know, Tesla has barely started deliveries on either of those two cars, particularly the Model X. Although I will point out, there is one change. The Model S long range is now simply the Model S. So you've got the Model S and the Model S plaid. Now you might be tempted to read into that and think, oh, well, that must mean a longer range Model S is coming, which will reclaim the long-range moniker personally I don't think so again just because they just refresh this car I can't imagine there's going to be another variant just thrown in a few months after they just refresh the whole thing but I would be happy to be wrong about that now unfortunately as I alluded to a few minutes ago there is a bit of bad news tagged on to all of this otherwise good news about these range increases And that is, as you have guessed by now, we have yet another price increase. This time, it is $1,000 across the Model 3s and Model Ys. The Model 3 rear-wheel drive, the artist formerly known as the Standard Range Plus, is now, as I said, $45,000. The Model 3 long-range, up to $51,000, and the Model 3 performance at $59,000. Meanwhile, the Model Y Long Range is now $58,000, while the Model Y Performance is sixty-three dollars So just a $5,000 gap between the Long Range Y and the Performance Y versus an $8,000 gap, interestingly enough, between the Long Range 3 and the Performance 3. It's Kind of similar with uh, as I've been talking about with the S long range, well, the formerly long range, the S versus the S Plaid, the uh, the price delta between those two is much larger than the price delta between the base the the you know regular Model X and the Model X Plaid. There's a not as much of a gap there, so that's that's just kind of interesting. That's but with the SUVs, there's a bigger gap with the sedans than with the the SUVs there. I should add, though, there is a silver lining, a midnight silver metallic lining, if you will. Thank you. I'll be here all week. (laughs) Yes, I wrote that joke down, and yes, I was excited to say it. The midnight silver metallic paint option no longer carries a $1,000 additional fee for that paint color, meaning there are now two, quote-unquote, free paint color choices or to put it more specifically paint color choices that don't add any additional cost to the car you're already buying they're not free you can't just walk into tesla and walk out with a bucket of uh, pearl white multi-coat or midnight silver metallic but you know what i mean so yes two two quote unquote free colors now pearl white multi-coat and midnight silver metallic also, black is now increased. That was a a lesser premium. It's now up to fifteen hundred dollars there, which is kind of weirdly close to the two thousand dollar premium that multi coat red has, and black is not a multi coat. So you've really got to want that black because it is uh, just you know dollar for as far as the what you're getting for your money. You're not getting nearly as much, uh, paint coat wise with that 1500 as you are with multi coat red for 2000. But anyway, uh, when I saw this, I thought, well, I wonder if Tesla is going to phase the, uh, pearl white multi coat back to being a premium price color and have midnight silver metallic be the new, again, quote unquote free color, or if uh, Tesla will indeed move forward forward with two colors that do not have any additional charge for them. I suspect they will. They're gonna continue to do this. They're gonna stick with both of these not having an additional cost. And the reason is that I think Tesla is trying to push people towards ordering all the same colors. I think they want everybody to order white, midnight silver metallic, as the two primaries with a smaller smattering of black, blue, and red. Interestingly, a yeah, blue is the cheapest of the premium price colors now at a, at 1000 a Now, in other words, what I'm saying here is I think that if Tesla could get away with actually discontinuing blue, red, and black and only having midnight silver metallic and pearl white multi-coat I bet they would, which of course partially explains the Cybertruck, that just zealot-like devotion to manufacturing efficiency that Tesla has embraced over the last few years. I think that's what's going on here. I believe that's why they have chosen to uh, allow a second paint color that, that carries no additional surcharge. Because if they push more people towards those two colors that don't cost anything extra, they'll have larger batches of fewer paint colors to deal with. Uh, you know, they'll, they'll have these big batches of midnight silver metallic and big batches of white. And that should, I mean, again, I'm no manufacturing expert, but I would think that would allow Tesla to make more cars faster if they've got these bigger batches of fewer paint colors, meaning they don't have to stop and change over the paint shop as often and reset everything. And okay, we're gonna gonna do a run of reds now. Okay, we're gonna do a run of blues now. If they're just running larger and larger batches of midnight silver metallic and pearl white multi-coat, that will allow Tesla to make more cars in the same amount of time that they've been doing. So again, maybe I'm wrong, but that is my theory, and I'm sticking to it. I think it makes sense. I'm not saying it's right, but I do think it adds up. But hey, either way, at least we got that new free color that was brought up to Elon recently on Twitter that he commented on that he said he would look into. So you have to look at this and say, well, it seems like they did look at it and came up with a solution, and it is Midnight Silver Metallic. Uh, I will add, by the way, that these price increases, I have to be honest here, they're starting to make me a bit disappointed just for people that haven't bought their Tesla yet, that have been planning for it, saving for it, you know, trying to, trying to get there. I mean, hey, Tesla is, of course, they' they are a they're not a charity. They're not a nonprofit. They are a for profit business. And they are free to charge whatever the market will bear for their products. And they have a heck of a lot of demand right now. And I, and I will also say that even at $45,000, I do believe that the 2022 Model 3 is a really good value. You're getting a car with a 272-mile range that you can charge to 100% every day. You're getting the safest car that NHTSA has ever tested, objectively speaking. You are getting all of the software updates that everybody else that pays for the higher trims gets, other than autopilot stuff, obviously, full self-driving stuff. But you are also getting basic autopilot. So that is still, even with the price increases, I think that is still fantastic value, in my opinion. But as my... Tesla YouTuber friend Andy Sly pointed out uh, with regard to these price increases, the Model Y long range was $49,000 near the beginning of this year. So it has gone up $9,000 in 2021 so far. So far. That's a lot. And I'm concerned as a Tesla fan and somebody that wants more and more people to get these cars because I love them. I think they're fun. I think, you know, we've, I've seen it a million times of, of listeners like you and, and other people that I've, uh, talked to in my life and that I know when you, when you get one, you tend to fall in love with it. And it's this thing that you tend to feel really good about your purchase on. And you know, this, this price increase is, is kind of jeopardizing that a little bit. I mean, I am concerned that even if this $10,000 tax credit does become law, and by the way, more on that in just a moment, that's my next story, my concern is that the upfront price is still going to price a lot of people out, which runs counter to the mission, right? Elon has said many times that they need to make these cars as affordable as possible. He said that multiple times this year, I'm not dredging up some old quote. And right now, Tesla's doing the opposite of that. Again, I understand the business challenges at a high level. Again, I you know I'm I'm just a, a a doofus doing a Tesla podcast. I don't claim to know the financial ins and outs of Tesla, but from what they have communicated at a high level, I get it. You've got rising materials costs. You've got the chip shortage. It's you've got a, a mile long uh, list of orders. You've got this demand that's through the roof. I get it. But it's still just tough for me as as somebody that wants to see as many people get these cars as possible that want them. It's tough for me to watch the prices go up this much, this quickly, as again, I I worry that it may put the cars out of reach for some people that would have been able to get them if the prices had remained more or less the same. So... Here's hoping that this was the last price increase of 2021, but unfortunately, given that it's still early November as I record this, and the last price increase was barely a week ago, I can't even be particularly confident when I say that. But on the whole, love what's going on with the 2022s. These range increases are welcome, they seem to come just about every year, in some way, shape, or form. These, these range increases have come almost every year, and it's really awesome to see that. Next up this week, as promised, the EV tax credit uh, has, has uh, been pegged for $12,500, and it has made the cut in the current version of President Biden's Build Back Better framework. This story comes via CNET, who writes, The White House announced dollar figures and initiatives included in a package that, quote, can pass both houses of Congress, it said. Specifically for the EV tax credits, the long-floated $12,500 for purchasing an electric vehicle is included as part of $555 billion earmarked to combat climate change. According to the White House... Eligible EVs will need to be made in the U.S. with union labor to qualify for the full $12,500 credit. Uh, Existing requirements for this boost from the current (laughs) $7,500. Let's try that again. $7,500. Boy, it's like my brain broke right there. The current $7,500 credit for qualifying EVs breaks down in a few ways. The base credit is still $7,500 but an additional $2,500 comes into play if an automaker builds the EV in America. The government would green light the remaining $2,500 if the car in question comes from a factory with a union workforce. It's important to note a couple of things here. First and foremost, let me be clear, this has not passed yet. It is not law. As of me recording this late Friday night, it could still change, which is exactly what I said when we talked about this the first go around, uh, which what feels like months ago. I don't actually know how long ago it was now, but anyway, the point being it has changed and it may change again. Second, Tesla, as you've probably figured out by now, would be eligible for $10,000 of this, not the full 12.5. It is unfortunate that the union made clause is a part of this. Now, I'm not looking to get political here at all. There's enough of that in our daily lives. We're here to celebrate this thing we love, which are these vehicles, and we're going to be enthusiastic and have fun. But let me just look at what I believe are the facts for a second as we look at this particular union aspect of this tax credit. Tesla is doing more to accelerate the transition to electric vehicles, which is the point of the bill to combat climate change, which get electric vehicles on the road. Tesla's doing more to accelerate that transition to electric vehicles than any of the other manufacturers who will now benefit more from this than Tesla will. That sounds like an opinion, Uh, or what actually what I'm about to say sounds like an opinion. I guess technically what I just said is an opinion. And sure, if you disagree, that's fine. But uh, what is not an opinion is that Tesla's EV sales numbers, which of course is 100% of Tesla sales, but not 100% of other automakers, but Tesla's EV sales, their numbers dwarf anyone else's. That is a fact. You know, Tesla's sold... Half a million cars last year. They're going to do around 800,000 EVs this year. That is a fact. Also, just for the record, Teslas are literally... I know the word literally gets abused a lot these days, but Teslas are literally more American than any other car, EV or not. Objectively speaking there. Uh, So this part of the bill, this union part of the bill to me. And I don't have a problem with unions. I'm just I'm just looking at how this relates to Tesla and the purpose of the bill to combat climate change. So to me, this part of the bill almost feels punitive towards Tesla, deliberately so. When in fact, Tesla is exactly who this or any administration that claims to care about whether it's electric vehicles, climate change, American manufacturing, American jobs, whatever you're, whatever, however you want to come at it, right? Tesla is exactly what should be celebrated by the government in this country and pointed to and, and the government, the administration should say, again, any administration should say, we want more of these out there. This is American ingenuity, American jobs, uh, American know-how, like there's just a lot here and, and all the climate change stuff, you know, it's it's so, uh, it's uh, I'm a little riled up on this one, but you know, it is what it is, uh, and, and again, that said, I guess how I'll calm down here is to say this, do I think that any of the four Teslas, any of the sexy cars, S3, X, and Y, do I think that any of them are $2500 better than any of the other EVs out there that would benefit from this? Yes, obviously an opinion, and I'm a Tesla fanboy. So yes, I'm going to say that. But to to back my opinion up there, I think the Supercharger network alone validates the uh, an additional $2500 spent or or I guess however you want to look at it. Additional 25 or or missing out on $2500 by By going with somebody else. Um, But I think the supercharger network alone does that. Along with safety. Again, I'm not saying other EVs are unsafe. But Teslas are objectively the safest cars in their classes. That our National Traffic Highway Safety Administration has ever tested. So there's there's the safety side of it. There's the supercharging side of it. And the range is better on a Tesla than pretty much, if not every other comparable electric vehicle. And also I'll say, do I think that that $2,500 difference will keep anyone from getting a Tesla instead of one of the other qualifying cars from another company? No, not really. That's not a, I mean, I'm not saying $2,500 isn't a lot of money. It is, but on a car purchase, you know, I think For a Tesla and for those other advantages that I just listed off, that might not be a deal breaker for a lot of people. But even if it is, here's the thing. That's okay. I might not have said this a few years ago. I've been doing this podcast for six years now. But today, I can sit here and say, going with the competition means that you can still get a really good EV. The Mustang Mach-E is, by most accounts... A really good car. The same goes with the uh, the Volkswagen ID. Four seems to be a really good car, and the more of those cars that those other automakers sell, the more it's going to encourage them to build more. So that's how I'm coming at this. Now, I don't want to overlook the bottom line here and get mired down in negativity. I hope it didn't come across that way. The bottom line is that. This tax credit, if it passes and becomes law, is fantastic news for buyers. Sure, you could make the argument that, again, these repeated price increases that Tesla's been doing are going to negate a lot of what new buyers might save, but I personally do not believe that Tesla's doing it for that reason. I don't think they're trying to take back the tax credit for themselves, in a sense. I do believe Tesla because they've earned the benefit of the doubt with most things from me. I believe them when they cite the rising materials costs and the chip shortage, et cetera. Now, provided that you have a sufficient tax liability to receive the full benefit of this tax credit, let's just take a quick look here. This could take a 272-mile range Model 3 down to 35 thousand dollars for you when it's all said and done that is awesome that is so great 35k for a for a car that I just got done talking about how I think is a great value uh, for what you get that is awesome and the Model Y which as we know is Tesla's best-selling vehicle would net out at $47,000 for a 330 mile range car so I hope this passes, and I hope a lot of you are able to take advantage of it. And by the way, as I finish up this topic, let's look ahead a few years for just a moment at the $25,000 car. And let's just say, again, let's, let's just call it the Model 2 for the moment. Just We know it's not actually going to be called that, but for the moment, you know what that means when I say that. The, the Model 2. Let's say the Model 2 ends up being a thirty thousand dollar car when it comes out in 2024 or 2025, due to whether that's due to inflation, materials, price increases, etc. Let's say thirty grand. In that scenario, this tax credit, should it pass, would still bring a Tesla down to twenty thousand dollars. Just one more time, twenty grand for a brand new Tesla, which would make it just affordable to what I would probably imagine. I don't have the statistics, but what I would probably imagine is a majority, an actual majority of new car buyers. And that car, by the way, I'm purely speculating now, but I think by 2024, 2025, whenever this thing comes out, and the fact that Elon has consistently said 300 miles is kind of the sweet spot that they want to get all the cars to. I don't think I ha- or I say I'll have I have no doubt that the base model 2 will have a range of at least 250 miles at least by 2024 2025 for 20 grand after these all these tax credits are said and done. And by the way, 20 grand with all the benefits of an electric vehicle like much lower fuel costs and drastically reduced maintenance costs. So the line for those cars, for the Model 2s, whatever they're ultimately going to be called, the line for those cars, I'm not joking now. I, th- I think that line is going to be a couple million people long. The Cybertruck line is allegedly over a million people long. The And, and a, a, ch- a good chunk of the reason for that is because there is a forty thousand dollar standard range version, single motor version that's offered. Is that version ultimately going to come out? Is it going to cost forty k? That's a whole nother deal. We'll find out next year. But you know, you're talking over a million reservations for the Cybertruck, a Model Two for twenty grand. If indeed this tax credit comes to be, you're that's that that line is going to be very long and that that car is going to be, it's the tipping point. That's it. That car will, will be the, the nail in the coffin for the internal combustion engine. There will be no other arguments against the electric vehicle. Once that, if the model two can deliver as the model three did for what it was trying to do and the model S did for what it was trying to do. So very exciting here if indeed this tax credit passes as currently laid out. All right, I've been talking for quite a while, but guess what? There's a lot more. I told you I could have done two shows this week. I guess as it stands, it's just gonna be one longer show. We might not even get to the Ride the Lightning Hotline calls this week. We'll see. We'll just see how it goes. Let me keep going here. Uh, Next up this week, Tesla has booked 45 gigawatt hours of LFP batteries of course the lithium iron phosphate the LFP batteries from Chinese power cell giant CATL for next year's sales plan primarily for the of course the Model 3 and the Model Y vehicles according to 36KR which is a I believe a a a Chinese or um I think it's Chinese Chinese news outlet that I've cited before this story was picked up I saw it on CNEV Post who writes, both the Model 3 and Model Y with LFP batteries are currently available in standard range versions with the former having a 55 kilowatt hour battery capacity and the latter 60 kilowatt hours. This means the 45 gigawatt hour battery order would correspond to nearly 800,000 vehicles, the report said. This exceeds Tesla's global uh, total global sales of 627,350 vehicles in the first three quarters of the year combined. In the first three quarters, Model 3 and Model Y sales totaled 614,165 one units. Tesla's Nevada battery plant will also expand to produce more than 40 gigawatt hours in 2022. And with supplies from Panasonic and LG Chem, Tesla's 2022 sales will be at least 1.5 million units, the report said, citing industry sources. In addition to booking 45 gigawatt hours of batteries from CATL, Tesla plans to add to existing orders, and the two sides are already in talks, the report said, citing people familiar with the matter. Now, None of this should surprise any of us because Elon has repeatedly said publicly and openly that Tesla will buy as many battery cells as any company can produce. But what's awesome is that they've been able to find somebody to take them up on that challenge. CATL is a major supplier in China. And not only that, this is obviously, it is a, it's a huge order. Tesla, as we've heard repeatedly as well, they intend to continue to grow by about 50% each year in terms of production and deliveries. And and this just gives them the ammo to do that for 2022. And that's, by the way, without even factoring in the rollout of the 4680 cells and the Model Y 2.0 that is going to go into production in both Texas and Berlin. So these cells, I, I imagine will likely feed Shanghai, meaning the CATL cells, are probably going to feed Shanghai and Fremont Model 3s, as well as Shanghai's Model Y standard range that we don't have available to us in North America. And by the way, we know, of course, Tesla has got Panasonic working on spinning up 4680s as well. So, this is what it takes to do EVs at scale. Like we're watching it unfold in real time. I mean, for all of Tesla's relative inexperience in car manufacturing, whether you wanna call out the fit and finish, the build quality, you know, whatever you wanna talk about. And, the, and there are, you know, Tesla's not perfect. They have areas they need to improve as a, as a relatively young car manufacturer. But for all of that relative inexperience, Tesla seems to be the only ones that's that are getting it with regard to battery production because battery production, that's the bottleneck to mass producing EVs. You can have the most efficient tried and true production line, you know, hundred year old production line like Ford or GM or what have you. But if you don't have the battery cells, you're not mass producing EVs and Tesla is. And at this point, Tesla, I have to think, is years ahead of anybody else between their vertically integrated in house cell production, the 4680s, and the deals that they are making with third parties. So I hope the other automakers get the memo on this very soon. I know that Ford and the Volkswagen Group have announced plans to build battery factories, and I really, honestly, sincerely hope that they put shovels in the dirt sooner rather than later on those. Still not done, by the way. There are, oh my goodness. Yeah, there are three more substantial stories left to talk about. Uh, First of those, following up on the huge Hertz deal with Tesla last week, which by the way, Elon took to Twitter and was like, well, we haven't signed anything with them. And I don't know that, I don't quite know what to make of that because obviously, Hertz didn't just announce this without consulting Tesla. There's no way they were just like, "We're gonna manually input a hundred thousand car order." I joked about that last week, of like an intern having to put in a hundred thousand orders manually. Like, now, so I don't know. I don't know what the confusion is there, but anyway, following up uh, on that huge Hertz deal with Tesla last week, Uber has revealed a plan with Hertz to make 50,000 Teslas available to Uber drivers. Here is a clip of Uber CEO Dara. Uh, let me see. Let me give me a shot here. Kaz Shahi, I think I got, I hope I got close on that. I always want to be respectful and get people's names correct. Uh, but the CEO of Uber and the CEO of Hertz, who is, uh, his name is Mark Fields. They went on a, C- a CNN show and talked about it with CNN's Julia Chatterley. So take a quick listen to this short clip. We're, we're quite confident. We, we actually have other electric cars on the network and consistently we see uh, significant demand for these kinds of cars. I think, listen, people people want to help. Uh, I've always said that clim- uh, climate change is a team sport uh, and our drivers want help. So we do think that based on the demand that we've seen uh, for electric vehicles, on our network uh and tesla obviously is a great brand it's a great product i think if we put uh make tesla's available there'll be plenty of takers
1: <laughs> good to know um and, mark and, you're obviously and, making and huge I, changes I, over god you can testify i would just to add that. that you know part of our <laughs> yeah. agreement
0: part of our agreement is uh that if this program is uh, is successful and we believe it we believe it will that over the next three years Uh, This could grow to up to 150,000 Teslas that can be uh, provided by Hertz to Uber as well.
1: So, so far, I've only seen 100,000 announced as the deal with Tesla. Are you saying that you're going to go back to Tesla and say, hey, we'll take more Teslas depending on what demand looks like?
0: Absolutely. This uh this uh, commitment of if the Uber uh, program and when it's successful for up to 150,000 vehicles, clearly that will be reflected in our future orders from Tesla, just as we'll, you know, order from other OEMs that are going to be providing electric vehicles to marketplace. So here's a little bit of extra context on that quote you just heard on CNN, courtesy of Auto Week, who writes, The companies, meaning Uber and Hertz, have partnered on vehicle availability before, but the new plans concern a vehicle order Tesla is expected to deliver through the end of 2022, supplying the rental company with Model 3 sedans. Quote, today it goes electric. Hertz will make up to 50,000 fully electric Teslas available for drivers to rent by 2023, exclusively for drivers using the Uber network in the U.S., this is the largest expansion of electric vehicles on a mobility platform in North America and one of the largest globally, marking another step towards Uber's zero emissions goal, Uber said. The cost, as AutoWeek continues, to Uber drivers to rent Tesla through Hertz, however, are a little sobering. Uber says it will cost its non-employee independent contractors $334 a week, to rent a Model 3, but this cost is expected to later fall to $299 a week once the program picks up speed. This will include maintenance and insurance, but not charging. Early on, Hertz will open up this program to drivers with at least a 4.7-star rating and those who've completed 150 trips so far. So thank you, Auto Week, for that. Now, This, to me, this whole deal, what you just heard, 50, this deal could, in fact, go from 100,000 Teslas that Hertz is ordering to 150K, and and all this is doing is rolling the snowball faster down the hill, because more Uber drivers will drive them, see the fun of them and the economical benefits of them, buy them for themselves to continue doing the ride-sharing. And then the passengers of these cars, I was just in an Uber yesterday, are going to ask about them, they're going to learn about them, and they're going to have a great view, by the way, from the back seat of the Model 3 with that panoramic glass roof, those people are going to look up the cars on their phones or their computers, and that, again, I'm like repeating what I said last week, but it's, it's just, it applies here as well, and it's going to lead to more and more orders. The downstream effect of this, I don't even think we can fully wrap our heads around what the downstream effect of this is going to look like just yet. And again, just, I I hate to repeat myself from earlier on the podcast, but it's, it is all like happening in the master plan. Look, just wait until the model two comes out in a few years because the economics of that will tilt even further in favor of rental car companies and rideshare companies and rideshare drivers that want to make a big buy like this. This is only phase one. All right, since the, the I'm rolling, gosh, 45 plus minutes in and I've still got more to go, let me take a quick pause here, talk about a wholesome bakery for just a second, and then I'll get back to the rest of the news, and I want to tell you about my first week with the full self-driving beta as well. So there is a lot more. Let me take a quick breather. Talk Wholesome Bakery. Hang on just a minute. Before I continue with the rest of the podcast, I want to not only let you know about the plant-based desserts and treats at WholesomeBakery.com, but to say thank you to all of you for showing them some love. You guys have moved the needle enough that Wholesome Bakery has kindly agreed to continue their sponsorship of Ride the Lightning for another month. My hope here is that everybody wins. I win, I get another sponsorship. Wholesome Bakery gets more well-deserved business, and you guys win by getting turned on to some delicious vegan, gluten-free, soy-free, refined sugar-free delights that you get to enjoy. I hope that a lot of you were able to take advantage of the 10% off promotion that ran last week, but if not, it's all good because Wholesome Bakery's prices are very reasonable. I know, I've been a customer of theirs for, gosh, was it maybe five, at least five years now. Anyway they ship nationwide, so it's very easy, it's all good. Whether you're like me and prefer their cookie sandwiches, they got the flavors chocolate chip, caramel, peanut butter chocolate with sea salt, or maybe you wanna try the lovely paleo-friendly fudge brownies, marzipan truffles, or something else on their big menu, I hope that you will take a look and place an order. Maybe for yourself, maybe as a gift, maybe both, Hey, Thanksgiving and the holidays are coming up, you gotta bring something to the Thanksgiving dinner, right? You might as well order something from Wholesome Bakery, let them take care of it, you'll look like a hero. Uh, I've said this before, but hey, seriously, I promise you, you will love these treats. Support a small, women-owned business, and this podcast, and your taste buds. At the same time, get your order in at wholesomebakery.com. That's W-H-O-L-E-S-O-M-E-B-A-K-E-R-Y.com. All right, let's get back to it. Two more stories, first of those. As Elon has previously promised, Tesla has begun a pilot program in the Netherlands in which they have opened the supercharger network to other non-Tesla cars. The Tesla blog itself had a little write-up on this, and they write, Today we are launching our non-Tesla supercharger pilot at 10 supercharger locations in the Netherlands. Access to an extensive, convenient, and reliable fast charging network is critical for large scale EV adoption. That's why, since opening our first superchargers in 2012, we have been committed to the rapid expansion of the network. Today we have more than 25,000 superchargers worldwide, with this pilot. 10 stations are now accessible to Dutch non-Tesla EV drivers via the Tesla app. Tesla drivers can continue to use these stations as they always have, and we will be closely monitoring each site for congestion and listening to customers about their experiences. It's always been our ambition to open the supercharger network to non-Tesla EVs, and by doing so, encourage more drivers to go electric. This move directly supports our mission to accelerate the world's transition to sustainable energy. More customers using the supercharger network enables faster expansion. Our goal is to learn and iterate quickly while continuing to aggressively expand the network so we can eventually welcome both Tesla and non-Tesla drivers at every supercharger worldwide. One more interesting tidbit from that page which was under the frequently asked questions section, how much does charging cost for non-Tesla vehicles? And the answer, pricing for non-Tesla drivers reflects additional costs incurred to support charging a broad range of vehicles and adjustments to our sites to accommodate these vehicles. Rates vary by site, and you can view charging prices in the Tesla app. The per kilowatt hour price to charge can be lowered with a charging membership. Hmm, a charging membership. That is a very clever, smart idea that's gonna give Tesla an entirely new revenue stream. If you've got a non-Tesla EV and the Tesla supercharger network is convenient for your life, maybe the you go to your, see family a lot, maybe just to commute to your job, whatever it is, you're gonna pay that membership and Tesla is going to have a whole new revenue stream waiting for them. And, and, uh, it's only going to grow because as you all know, the Tesla supercharger network already has a great reputation. So if that snowballs, that reputation snowballs in the positive from other cars using it. And, you know, you know, mock E owners, whatever, are like, wow. Yeah, I, I love plugging in there. It always works. It's easy. The Tesla app is easy. Great which is hopefully the case. So that snowballs. Uh, Then that will just solidify the reputation of the Tesla supercharger network amongst non-Teslas, which is only going to, again, as they say, it's going to help the EV movement. It's going to give that money from this membership fee. will give Tesla more resources to make the network bigger and better. So we will see what Tesla learns from this pilot program. I hope they do a blog on it. That like a follow-up that says, "Hey, here's what we learned from this and what we're adjusting good, you know, either way for when we try this on a, in a different test market or on a larger scale." So, we uh, but yeah, I wonder how and when they will decide to expand it from here. The final story I wanted to talk about before, again, I get to my full self-driving beta experience this week, I want to say congratulations to Ryan Levinson and co-driver Josh Allen for breaking the electric car cannonball run record, driving a new Model S long range from L.A. to New York in 42 hours and 17 minutes. Now, as MSN reports, that beats the previous record, which was held by a Porsche Taycan, 44 hours and 26 minutes. So as they're beating it by over two hours there. Now, Ryan, uh, I've mentioned on the show before, I've cited him as a news source. He picks things up from time to time, sees things near the factory. Ryan is the founder of the Kilowatts. And the story on MSN goes, after having his Model S order delayed into the winter, Levinson did an unlimited mileage Turo rental of a 2021 long-range Model S. Then, I don't know what you're thinking, hold on, then he called the owner to clarify that he intended to drive it 7,000 miles over just a few days. The owner okayed it. Levinson swapped the wheels uh, for the run, ditching the less efficient 21s in favor of Tesla's more aerodynamic 19-inch Tempest wheels. That was the only modification for the LA to New York reverse cannonball leg. On the way back, which is historically the official record, Levinson overinflated the tires. Besides that, everything was standard. There was no extra energy storage, no clever disguise for the vehicle, no laser jammers, and not even a radar detector. Besides one hour where they tried to play with an old unit and quickly gave up due to false alerts, Levinson and his co-driver relied solely on the Waze app's warnings about police. Despite this, the team managed to reach 155 miles an hour in the standard Model S. Note I am not condoning this. But the sustained speeds weren't quite as high as there's still a benefit to driving slightly more efficiently. As EV endurance and charging speeds improved, though, Expect the electric car record to inch closer to the overall record of 25 hours and 39 minutes. Well, heck of an achievement here by Ryan and Josh. And MSN is right, by the way. That record is going to continue to fall, likely by more Teslas, since as we've just been talking about, Tesla has the biggest, fastest, and most reliable fast charging network in the United States clearly the next gen roadster that's going to be the next car from by the way from tesla or anyone that moves the goalposts on this on on setting a new record now maybe the lucid air with its 520 miles of range could do it if the electrify america network is up for it and i say that there's no judgment there's no snark i honestly don't know like how how sort of built out that network is for a challenge like this for for a cannonball run challenge but the roadster should just it should crush what the model S just did crush it given that that car is supposedly going to have at least 620 miles of range compared to 405 in the new model S so 620 that's yeah that's going to be that's gonna be a fun record. Somebody's gonna film a YouTube video doing that with the with roadster. Although the roadster is gonna be quite the target for uh, or let's say quite the more obvious target for any police. If you're trying to zip across the country in cannonball run form, a roadster is not exactly the most uh incognito car to do it in. The Model S kind of is. Like, it's still a beautiful car, you know, still a distinctive car, but there are a lot of Model S's around, and there have been for the last nine years. The the Roadster, not so much, but somebody's going to do it. Somebody's going to do it. All right. Uh, That's everything I've got for you in the world of Tesla news for this week. But again, hang out. Stay with me. I want to talk about two things, actually, when I get back. I want to talk about my experience with the full self-driving beta my first week and also the new Tesla accessory and uh, like the official Tesla.com. I bought the, the illuminated door sills, the door plate, the door sill plates uh, that light up when you open the door. So I'll talk about both of those here right after this.
1: This is Steve Downs, the voice of master chief Sierra one, one seven. You're listening to ride the lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. You know, that Cybertruck looks a lot like a warthog, doesn't it? Master Chief, out.
0: All right, I'm already over an hour into this show, and I want to spend some time talking about the FSD beta, so I'm going to skip the Ride the Lightning hotline this week, but I want to mention that the extra bonus episode for Patreon backers at the Ludicrous tier is up now, and it's another great month of those extra Ride the Lightning Hotline phone calls, which go into that extra monthly bonus mini episode. So the callers from this month, if I if you hear your name, feel free to email me, teslapodcast at gmail.com, and I will give you a one-time download token so that you can hear that Patreon only bonus mini episode. Since you were kind enough to call in and I used your call there, I want you to be able to hear the response. So Eric from Vermont Mike from Thailand, Brad from Falls Church, Virginia, Jeff from New Jersey, Americ from Paris, James from Dublin, California, Vaughn from Australia, Sam from Northern California, Jonathan from Atlanta, Corey from Westchester, New York, Rocco from Florida, and Bob from Lake Tahoe. We talked about a lot of fun stuff this uh, on this one, including FSD bandwidth concerns in rural areas. Uh, Resetting your car to help your FSD beta safety score, better navigation options, the range of the 4680 base model Y, headwinds and range, all kinds of stuff. That is on Patreon if you are at the ludicrous tier or higher supporting me there. And I'll just say if you do want to call in in response to something you heard this week, one of the stories, or just you've got a Tesla question, comment, or discussion topic. As always, I welcome and invite you to send it in. I promise I will get to the Ride the Lightning calls, the hotline calls next week. So you can call in in one of two easy ways. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, record the question, please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less so that I can get to as many each week as possible. And you can email that file to me at the email address I just gave, teslapodcast at gmail.com or you can take that same 90 second or less call and just dial into the Ride the Lightning hotline itself and leave a message, it's that simple. That toll-free number is one 989 8752 Again, that's 1-888-989-TSLA. And with that, let me tell you about my experience with the FSD beta version 10.3.1. So I got it, uh, as I told you last week, Friday afternoon, had to do the show, had to finish my day. I decided to take it out that night after the show. So after I I recorded, it was very late at night. It was probably 11 o'clock or later at night, which the benefit there is there's really nobody on the road. Now, uh, I wanted to take it, I wanted it to drive on city streets and not highways, the freeways, because it uses the regular production stack for, for that and not the full self-driving stack. So there was no benefit to doing that. So I wanted to just keep it on the surface streets. So I had it go basically one neighborhood over in San Francisco. And, you know, it, it actually did pretty well getting out of my neighborhood. I mean, you know, in, in, in a typical San Francisco neighborhood, including mine, the streets are tight. There are cars parked all up and down the street on either side. So it's not easy. It's not easy. Uh, Some of the streets are two way, but because of the cars parked on the side, there's really only enough room for one car to come down at a time. So late at night, that wasn't a problem. So I'm having it like leave my neighborhood to go to the neighborhood adjacent to me. And it did a good job. It made a, you know, made a left, made a right. And it's like, okay, well this, why this is, uh, this is interesting. And, and uh until it gets the first little hiccup was, and again, I recognize it's beta software, but and that's the big takeaway, which I'll talk more about, but it's uh it starts to go down a road where the left lane is the it's it's two lanes, but the, the left lane's the actual regular lane for cars. The right lane is a bus and taxi lane only. Well, because th- It was going to be making a right turn like half a mile up. It just didn't either know or care about the the bus and taxi lane. And it was just rolling down that right lane, which I know you could say, well, a lot of human drivers do the same willingly, too. And they don't care. You're not supposed to. I guess you technically could get ticketed for that, I suppose. But all right. So it's doing that. And then it makes the right turn. And it's got it's it's actually there, it comes down a little hill and there is going to be a, a stop sign, a three way stop sign up ahead is, uh, you know, each way the direction it's going the opposite direction. And then uh, to the right, there was a so it's like in a little T junction and it get, it's it's going down this little hill and the stop signs coming up and it just blows the stop sign rolls right through it like it never saw it. So I immediately I hit the brakes, just out of instinct, really, uh, and took over, and uh, and then I'd kind of I was pretty close to where I had wanted it, like the the destination of where I had I had put it in and put in the uh, the map location anyway. So then I just had it go home, like all right, let's take me home, let's see what happens. And uh, I come to another weird, and again, I've said this like every time I talk about the FSD beta and San Francisco, this is a bizarre city to drive in. There's just a lot of weird bespoke traffic situations that are not normal. And I come up to uh, a, what I guess would be a, let's see, one, two, three, yeah, a technically a five-way stop, like a 5 street intersection, like a hub where there are, there are cars, there are five ways to go. And so the, the way I'm coming up, I basically wanted to go straight across pretty much straight across, uh, and and just continue on. And to the, to the right, one of those five was on kind of the, my, you know, the three o'clock position of where and I needed to go just straight the 12 o'clock, And the, the, on the three o'clock, more or less, not, not quite, it's actually more, I would say more like the two o'clock. So it's kind of, you know, you just kind of, you could angle and go that way if you were going straight, but that direction is the wrong way down a one way, not a freeway off ramp, but like a major street that's just, it is, it's effectively an off ramp. If you were to if you were to go down that way, you'd be going the wrong way. You'd be in it'd be the equivalent of going the wrong way down a uh, up, like going up a freeway off-ramp would be yeah, it'd be it'd be the effective equivalent of that. And that's exactly what the car tried to do. Instead of going the correct direction, it wanted to take me the wrong way down the the one-way off-ramp. So I had to jerk the wheel away from it there. And so, and so, yeah, I, I I went home and that was it. It was a pretty short outing. And throughout the week, I've been driving it all week. I was, as I said, out of town, uh, for an overnight, but I've, I've put some good miles on it, both in San Francisco and, and outside of it. And, and that's really the takeaway is that it is very much a beta. It is unfinished software. It is not ready for release. Tesla doesn't claim it is it's, and I, and it, when you experience it okay well when i experience it i can only speak for myself when i experience it it becomes quickly apparent why tesla implemented the safety score and the those you know the hoops that you have to jump through before they'll download the software to your car because this is not something that could be taken lightly in its current condition and i'm not and it's not something that's fun really and i i know that sounds really harsh but it's not it's it's cuz you've just got to be on it like really locked in because it as it, as it warns you in the in the notes it says it it couldn't do it may do unexpected things be ready and they're not kidding about that and so the i mean i may i think i may have said this after i took a ride with my friend michael in his car so I may have said this on the show, but it it I, it it rings true after now experiencing it myself, and it is this: it is that the as it is today, or well, today as I record this, by the time you hear this, hopefully, ten point four should be out. Elon tweeted earlier tonight on Friday here that ten point four there was a last minute bug, and they're hoping to push it out on Sunday. So we'll see, but it's it's basically, it's like a just radically more extreme on both sides version of the autopilot that, that the production autopilot that we're used to now. Cause the, what I mean by that is the production version of autopilot. Now what it's good at, it's just really good at, you know, that, that highway stuff just, it is so reliable, so good. It's great software, when you're doing what it's designed to do and what it's what it's intended for if you try to veer outside of that uh, it starts to it'll get a little wonky and it's you know you you know what it's good at and what it's not when you spend enough time with with the production autopilot software and by autopilot i'm referring to you know to the just the production FSD autopilot the whole thing the FSD beta It's the stuff it does well when it makes a clean left, when it makes a clean right at a stop sign. It's amazing. It's like the future has arrived. You're like, wow, it just it's it's really incredible. But then those other times where it runs a stop sign or it tries to take you the wrong way down a one way street, it's it's horror it's it's very scary it's you know it's beta software and it's just like whoa okay yeah i mean the whole time i'm using it i've got my hands firmly on the wheel and i'm hovering my foot over the brake because not the gat like not I'm not worried about like i'm more worried about it like suddenly veering into something that i don't want it to do so i've got i'm hovering over the brake and, and so how my week has gone, my first week is that I, I I've just learned if I, if there's somebody behind me, forget about it. Can't turn it on because it just, it takes too long to get through stop signs when it's like creeping forward for visibility and it's just, it's too slow. You're going to get honked at, you're going to get people mad at you. So I'm not, uh, I'm really, uh, I'm being pretty selective about it in the sense that I'm not doing full drives with it anymore. I'm not even attempting that. I'm just kind of running it in short bursts when when it, when there's not a lot of people around, nobody behind me. When I can just kind of like test it in one like quick experiment, like, oh, okay, there's a, on this off ramp, it there's a it curves to the right and then makes and then there's a stop sign and I'm going left and like let's see how it does that so I'm just basically I'm running these short little experiments with it rather than extended drives of trying to get zero disengagements and I'm not I'm not speaking out uh, speaking ill against anybody who's out there doing that stuff that's great if you can if you you know but in my driving situation that is not really feasible but um, so I'm just choosing to to throw it at the just little challenges. I'm just kind of these little bite-sized challenges. I want to see how it does. And sometimes it does amazing and it's really cool. And it's like, wow, this is the future is now. And other times it's it's a little scary. And there's a little, you get a new icon added to the top row of your screen. It's a little video camera icon. When you tap that. It's sort of like a dash cam or it'll, it'll actually take a video clip of all the cameras and upload it to Tesla. So I've been using that anytime it screws up. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying to help train the neural network. Like I'm not just trying to, you know, be a complete drain on the, <laughs> I'm not just trying to, I'm trying to give a little something back for what I'm getting uh, out of this early access. I'm trying to do my small part with it, but yeah, it's just just be prepared for that is all like it's not that it should really be a surprise if you've watched the videos, if you've been listening to me. Uh, it's, you know, it's it's not a perfect thing by any stretch. It's not ready for prime time. And again, I don't say that in a negative way. It's a beta. Like uh, my friend Michael put it very well, I think. And I guess I'm going to paraphrase him here. I don't know if this is exactly how he put it. But it, in essence, he said You know, Tesla is kind of in a tough place with this where they it's it's not ready for wide for for a big public release, but they can't get it ready for a big public release without more people using it and getting that fleet data and sending in those snapshot clips and those, you know. So it makes it really makes the whole FSD safety score thing make sense. It makes a ton of sense. That's how you can get willing people in who are not going to be reckless with the software, and then you can, and then that's how Tesla can have a larger fleet to help try and make this thing better w- within the real world by by going out and using it in the real world. So, bear all that in mind as uh, as the 98s are admitted, the 98s and up are admitted with bait with uh, the 10.4 version that's supposed to go out by the time you hear this so there you go I'm gonna keep you know keep dabbling with it keep trying it when I can and I'm looking forward to seeing how it evolves like that's actually gonna be really interesting that that's gonna be the fun part is watching it improve in a noticeable way you know th- there are there's that small handful of people that have had it For almost a year, right? They've been in it since beta, I guess what was that That was technically beta eight. And then I think nobody in the public got beta nine. I don't quite remember the timeline, but you get what I'm saying. There have been people that have had it for months and have, and have really been able to watch it get better, get noticeably better. So now I've come in at 10.3 and I'll be I'm excited to watch it improve. Um, We'll see what 10.4 brings, and then 10.5, and eventually 11, and and as it keeps going. So that part is going to be fun. Uh, The other thing I wanted to quickly tell you about is the aforementioned Model 3 illuminated door sill plates. They're also available for the Model Y. I don't know, you know, these things, the model, the new S and X, should have illuminated door sill plates in them from the factory that should be a thing you just get on the higher the higher end cars let me actually i don't remember if the if the s has them or not I guess that would be an exterior item let me just see if uh if it's got if the srx has them available I'm not sure I don't believe so oh nope they are good 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 they're there although oh they're only for the for the pre-refresh cars the 2012s to the 2020s so if you've got a legacy model S but they and i don't think the new SNX have them by default I, anyway uh so they are available for all four Teslas except maybe for the brand new SNX and, and i m- immediately made the decision that i'm just going to spend a little money and have a professional install these because uh, a little a little something about me that you may not know I am there are things that I'm skilled in like I'm a good words guy I'm a decent writer I'm a I'm a good communicator but with just like handy tasks like things doing things with my hands like household tasks I'm terrible like I, I rec- fully recognize it. It's not for a lack of effort, but I'm just bad at that stuff. When I would try to work on my Delorean, when I had that, the, I would either not be able to do it, or I guess in most cases it would be I would do it, but it would take it would take me way longer than it would take someone with even the most remote of skill in in the process. Um, so. I knew that replacing the door sill plates was not a job that was going to be worth. Like, It was just going to lead to me either ruining the brand new expensive door sill plates or it would just take forever. So I thought, all right, I'll just take him to Jeff at Immaculate Reflections and I'll pay for his professional time. That was the correct move. I took him down there. Uh, I, you know, it took me a while to get an appointment because he is he's very busy, so uh, I had to sit on him for like a month before I could get into the shop. Anyway, I did that last weekend, and he did an amazing job. Sure enough, if you do attempt it yourself, there is a ton of residue from the tape when you take off the old one. So, by the way, and you will almost essentially you will almost probably destroy your old one taking because it's, they're just these really thin strips of like little metal plates. They're not like, they're going to like bend and, and you know, they're not going to come off clean. So just know that going in. But, uh, yeah, it's, there was a ton of tape, automotive tape left behind on the paint, right on the door sill. So he, uh, Jeff had a perfect, the perfect tool to just like get that, like buzz that right off, but without damaging my paint. And he got the new ones on and, uh, it's, it's, it's beautiful work. I, I will say Jeff wanted me to tell everybody that's considering these. He said he was very impressed with the package that you get from Tesla. It includes a removal tool for the old sill plate and it, it includes gloves for working, you know, uh, with the the material, the you know residue and the tape and stuff. So it's the gloves he said were great, and it, everything you needs in the kit. So he was really impressed with the kit that you do get from Tesla, and I will say uh, I love how they look. I, I think they look great. I even love so. There's a little the way they work is there's a battery built into the door sill plate, and. Uh, so obviously, whenever that goes dead, and however many years, probably you're not going to be able to just replace that. You're going to need to replace the whole darn thing. But anyway, um, how it works is you put you install a little kind of switch. You're you're basically building a switch. So when the door opens and the 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 uh, switch is released, the light comes on. And the, it's the little switch. It's just this little plastic tab thing that goes on the bottom of your door. Uh, nobody will ever see it, but what was really cool, again, attention to detail, it has the TESLA logo on this little black switch that you install on the underside of the door that no one will ever see, but it's there. So I appreciate stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, what else can I tell you? Oh, it's. As it pertains to that battery life, I will say that, I mean, one, they're LEDs. It should, should last quite a while. I have no idea how big the battery is, but the, uh, when you open the door, the light, the illuminated model three, it doesn't stay on forever. It, it goes off. I timed it with my phone. It's on a 30 second timer. So if the door is open for more than 30 seconds, the light goes off clearly in an effort to preserve that battery. So I thought that was a nice touch as well. So really happy about that. Uh, it it was, to me, very worth the price of having a professional do it. But people that are more competent than me in, you know, doing work with your hands, you will, I'm sure you'll be fine. But <laughs> just that's my experience with it. All right. I have talked so much on this week's episode. Uh, let's hear from one listener, at least. This is your pro tip of the week. It's from Andy in Orangeburg, New York.
1: Hi, this is Andy from Orangeburg, New York, calling with a tip for the new phone app. I personally often check my car's rated range, and I do that by going to the charge limit and sliding the limit controller all the way to 100 and see what the rated miles at that time are, and I just slide it back to my regular setting but just by hovering over 100% you can see the the estimated rated range for for full battery charge well with the new app when you click on the little thunderbolt little tequila decanter icon it will pop open the section so you can adjust the charge limit the curious thing is if your car is not plugged in and it's just sitting somewhere in a parking lot, doing so will also open the charge port. Uh, I didn't realize that at first. Um, a workaround for that is, if you're just trying to adjust the limit, is to actually click on the icon of a battery in the upper left corner. This will bring up the charge limit portion or the pane, but it will not open the charge port. Hope that helps. Thanks a lot, Ryan. Great show.
0: Andy, that is another new one to me, so thank you very much for calling in with that. And again, if anybody else out there has a pro tip of the week they'd like to share with me and the rest of the Ride the Lightning audience, you can call in the same way that you send in the Ride the Lightning hotline calls, which I gave you the instructions for a little while ago. Okie doke. Before I roll out of here, let me do some plugs, some friends of the podcast. I will start with Snapplate. Get your snap plate for any of the four Teslas at everyamp.com slash RTL. It is the front license plate bracket that I highly recommend, rather than the one Tesla gives you, which uses automotive adhesive tape to stick to your paint. Ugh, no, use the snap plate. It snaps on and off in seconds, but snaps on and off securely. It's paint safe, grill safe, radiator safe, autopilot safe, nice clean minimalist design. And you can take it off pretty easily if you are washing your car, if you are uh, going to be at a car show, maybe like a Cars and Coffee, and then put it back on if you're going to be parked at a parking meter. You want to avoid the, you know, the the meter fine there. Or, you know, they like to come around and and ding people that don't have front plates on. So I'm a snap plate fan. If you got, if you're in, an, in a state here in the United States that requires that front license plate. Get yourself, a, uh, get yourself a snap plate at everyamp.com RTL. Meanwhile, abstractocean.com, purveyors of so many fine Tesla accessories, including the fourth generation brand new tempered glass screen protectors. I've been telling you about those each week. They are better than ever. Just new and improved. Great stuff there. Easy install. They ship with the installation frame to make sure you get it on there nice and straight. Uh, Lifetime guarantee on that as well. They also have just so many great lighting kits for your cars, whether it's brighter LED lights on the interior, different color LED lighting kits for the interior. Just so much stuff going on at abstractocean.com. Give them a look, see what they've got. When you find everything you like, pile it all into your cart. Because there is a one-time coupon code for first-time order placers. If you use the coupon code RTL Podcast, that's 15% off of your first order with that code. RTL Podcast, all one word on that. I mentioned Immaculate Reflections, IRdetailing.com. Take a look at the website, see what they, you know, see what Jeff's got for you over there. The the big three are the Paint protection film, or PPF, as we like to abbreviate it. There's ceramic coating in lieu of waxing a car twice a year. And there's also uh, paint correction to correct flaws in the paint itself. So whatever you want to do, Immaculate Reflections will work with you, work with your budget, and get the car looking better than new. Trust me, if you get a chance to see my car... You will see the talents of Immaculate Reflections on four wheels. I'm very proudly a customer of Jeff and Immaculate Reflections. If you do book in, but which again you can get in get in touch via the website irdetailing.com, mention that you are a Ride the Lightning listener, and there's a nice little discount waiting for you. Meanwhile, puretesla.com/rtl is your home of a. It's a one-stop shop for your dash cam and sentry mode needs. They sell a micro SD based kit that comes fully formatted and ready to go plug and play straight into your car. No problem. It'll work out of the package, free shipping anywhere in the U S it is $49 for the 128 gigabyte kit, which honestly is probably enough for just about anybody. But if you want to step up and just go big and get the 256 gig kit, That's $69. Again, free shipping anywhere in the US. Works with PC or Mac when you want to take it out of the car and go look at footage and and save footage to your computer. Get yours at puretesla.com slash RTL. They also, if you want, have those nice, sleek, Super Nintendo-inspired wireless video game controllers for your Tesla. If you like playing games in your Tesla, there obviously there are a number of video games in the car, that you can play you can grab uh, that nice wireless game controller kit from puretesla.com/rtl as well how about jada their version 4 wireless charging pad for the 2020 and older model 3s such as mine i've got their version 3 and it's great the version 4 is even better I think it charges a little faster than even the version three. It's definitely got a, an even nicer fit and finish. I think the V3 is fine. The V4 is, I mean, the V3 is better than fine. It's great. I love it. But the V4 is even more improved. Highly recommend that if you have a 2020 or earlier Model 3. If you've got a 2021 or newer 3 or Y, they have the uh, USB hub console which is pretty much everything your Tesla needs in one nice product. It's a storage organizer for the center console, a USB hub, an Apple Watch charger and an AirPod charger, all in one thing, pretty cool. So, if you are interested in either of those products, please use my referral URL which is getjada.com/ref/8 and Jada spelled J E D A. Use the coupon code RTL. You use my referral link, I give you a coupon code, you get a discount. Hopefully it's a fair deal that way. And finally, I want to mention, of course, the Patreon. This is the part of the show where I humbly remind you about uh, the Patreon. That is the primary way through which you can choose to support the podcast if you wish. If uh, maybe today's a good day for you for that, maybe next week, maybe before the year is out, Hopefully at some point I'd be humbled and grateful maybe at least take a look at the page. You can you can see that at patreon.com/tesla podcast. Patreon is spelled P A T R E O N. This is a it is this is a listener supported podcast. As uh, what keeps it going, it's your very kind pledges and support. You can pledge monthly starting at just 5 bucks uh, a month which will get you early access to each week's podcast, or you can do a yearly pledge. If you just want to, just want to throw me, throw me some bucks once a year. The good news with that is you'll get a 5% discount if you do the annual pledge. So what is it? It's uh, I guess instead of 60 bucks, if you do the $5, you know, it's uh what 57. So, and then it just kind of goes from there with different perks and different things. Just take a look at all of them. You know, I, I Again, I'd just be, I'd be humbled and grateful if at some point you took a look at that page and considered supporting me as, as I hope is clear. I mean, look, look at this week. I talked for what an hour and 20 minutes straight without even any phone calls <laughs> this time. I put a lot, there's a lot of love and energy and research and time that I put in each and every week. And, and I hope at some point I can earn your support. All right. Uh, As I mentioned, you can email me anytime, teslapodcast at gmail.com. I'm on two of the social medias, Twitter and Instagram. Same handle on both, DMC underscore Ryan. And I guess that's about it. Other than saying hello and thank you to the Patreon backers at the highest three tiers, starting with the Roadster in Space tier... Thank you to Pete White, Lyle Austin, Steve Radspinner, Fernando Cordero, Lawton from Chicago, Sean Neidig, Scooter Ward, Neil Weaver, Jackson Wallace, Crafty Geek, Richard Stokes, and Rolf and Jennifer Evers. Meanwhile, the maximum plaid tier, the newest maximum plaid tier, thank you to longtime plaid supporter John Cody for upgrading your pledge. I sincerely appreciate that. And then the rest of the Maximum Plaid crew, Jonathan Wales, Cameron Clark, Daniel Grummer, Seth Capello, Nick and Tony, Tesla Hitchhiker 42, John Schmidt, Stan Roth, Howard Anthony Smith, Charles Galpin, Ryan from Las Vegas, Darren Nickel, Kaz Barnes, Ulrich Lassa, Brett Libano, Patrick Wisneski, Gil Cabrera, Hay Watley, Eric Brown, Mark Eversoll, Todd Badger, Joe Edgel, Kevin Yank, the Tesla Owners Club of San Joaquin Valley, Michael Williams, Will Stedman, Maite Suaru, Derek Nesselrote, Justin Perez, Jeremy Harris, Chris Beach, Tom Mills, Alex Brem, Zachary Howard, Tyler Smith, Corey O'Donnell, Matthew Graham Droneberger, Scott Gillis, Aaron Huxley, and a different Aaron who just listed a first name. Uh, the Maximum Plaid crew, we are having our monthly, well, Maximum Plaid and higher, we are having our monthly Google Hangout, group Google Hangout. It's tomorrow as I record. This will be Saturday, which I'm very much looking forward to. Those are always, the hour always just flies by. We always have a great time talking about Tesla and what's going on with everybody and, and what they're seeing in their necks of the woods. And I'm sure FSD beta is going to be a big topic this week because I'm sure I'm not the only one in the group that will have it. I'm curious to hear their experiences, other people's experiences with it. So looking forward to that tomorrow. And then a big thank you as well to the Plaid-level supporters. They are George Cassioppo, David Brander, Logan Willis, Jason Chalukas, Tim Hyde, Peter Chalet, Eric Randolph, David Nondahl, Joel Sapp, Dory and Steve Guberman, Jeremy Tesla owners of Taiwan, Ron Lee, Charlie Gillespie, David Perella, Sunil Joseph, Dennis Peake, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanias, The Lydia Family, Aaron Altshul, Jared Brown, Jerome Strack, Jamie Dalton, Noel and Lucy Murphy, the Tesla owners club of the East Bay here in the greater San Francisco Bay Area, Paul Casarino, Ryan Natchett, Mike and Barbara from Louisville, David J. Howes, Travis Krenzel, Matt Nixon, the Tesla Owners Club of Wisconsin, Jonathan Zalesny, Rick Dean, and not Elon Musk. Thank you all so much for your generous and ongoing support via my Patreon. That will do it. I am ready to pass out. I am exhausted today after uh, I got home late last night from my flight, had a full day of work today, uh you know, three hour time change. It was a quick swing to the East Coast and back. And I'm not used to it anymore. It's been a while since I've uh, done those those uh quick, long, you know, long distance business trips like that. But I can't complain. This was a really fun episode of the podcast to do. There was so much great stuff to talk about. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. I mean I hope you enjoy everyone. But as I've said before, it's you know, it it is math that they They can't all be good. When I'm doing these every week, like clockwork, some weeks will be better than others. I felt good about this week. I thought, you know, a lot of great topics, a lot of interesting, you know, thoughts to chew on and things going on in the world of Tesla. I hope you enjoyed the show this week. And with that, I say to you, happy electric motoring from both myself and my four-legged canine companion, Daisy the Boxer. This was Ride the Lightning episode 327. I will see you back here next week. I mean, I think a Tesla...